Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion so you make more of a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and be sure to subscribe to your favorite network so that fresh content can be delivered straight to you every single week. So today's episode... Here at Business Creators Radio Show is going to be a little bit of a change of pace. Every so often, we like to bring somebody on who has a journey to take us down, a story to share with us that inspires us as business creators and gives us a different set of eyes through which to view what we do in our lives, in our businesses, and in our world that makes that difference for others. We have been looking to get this guy on here for a while, and I'm so thrilled that we were able to get him to sit down with us for a few moments. His name is Robert Beatles, and he is a Christian father, husband, successful serial entrepreneur, seasoned business builder, prominent blockchain and cryptocurrency educator on TV, YouTube, trading view sessions, and throughout the world. Beatles is the builder and co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, Monarch Pay, and is a member of the C4 Crypto Consortium. He is an active believer, or rather an avid believer, avid, active, in cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and offers some of the most in-depth, educational, unique, and insightful content available. Maybe we'll have a chance to speak a little bit about cryptocurrency as we get through this. I know it's been approximately a year since we've had an episode on that topic, and that's something that folks tend to ask about every so often. But first of all, let's introduce the man. Robert Beatles, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> well, thanks a bunch, Adam, for the, uh, the lovely introduction and for having me on. It's an honor. Hey, I read off your bio, and <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm qualified to be here, and it's my show. <laughs> So here's what we like to do. We are we have the opportunity here to as we journey through the hero's journey, which is the title of our episode, I believe the title of your book as well. And before we do that, and maybe even as an introduction to that, in, in your particular case, let's take a quick step back from the many various things we're going to have the opportunity to discuss during our time together. And if you could tell us a little bit about your background. By this point, some of our listeners may be leaning in, they're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles, looking up Robert Beatles, that's spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S, you're welcome, and his website, CryptoBeatles.com. Again, you're welcome. So tell us a little bit about, from your perspective, how your journey has brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and making a difference for your community, market, and audience. I'll now take a breath and let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll start with, you know, our success all comes from, you know, from God and from great people. And then not up. But, um, you know, I mean, I met my wife when we were 14 years old. I've been with her ever since. We were married at 17 years old. And I had our first kid at 17. You know, 27 years later, we're still best friends and business partners. But one of the things about getting married so young and having a child so young is 
it kind of changes your perspective on everything and kind of, I guess, reorganizes your priorities a little bit. And so I had to quickly realize that um, I needed to be able to take care of them. So my other plans and goals kind of went to the side and um, I just started working my butt off. And I started working for a construction company and I started at the bottom and worked my way all the way yeah. to the top. And within you know a few years, you know, I was basically running the business. I got into it with the with the owner one day. He was, uh, is still is manic depressant, schizophrenic, bipolar. So you can imagine he's a lot of a lot of fun to work with. But um, yeah. he came at me came at me pretty hard one day and said, "Hey, man, if you can do a better job, go start your own company." So we did. Uh, we started our own company and um, quickly grew to one of the largest construction service companies in, in California. And then that allowed me to create a software company back in 2009 that, you know, we've created applications and platforms for people like the United States Post Office. Then we um, got into blockchain because it's similar and related in software in around 2011. And then around 2017, everybody started hearing about Bitcoin and crypto and all these types of, of terms. And so um, they asked me to make a couple of videos for them explaining how everything works. So I did. And it quickly took off and we became, I guess, number five in the world for crypto education uh, on YouTube. Then we have a TV show and on, um, on business television, uh, we've got a podcast and uh, we created Monarch Wallet uh, for the people and we created Monarch Pay for the merchants of the world. So along the way, you know, we've, you know, had, had a lot of fun, made, you know, made some mistakes, fell on our face a few times, picked ourselves up, dusted ourselves off, pushed ourselves, you know, forward as, as, as many people have in this, you know, in this world. Um, and so we try to help people along the way, uh, educate them on different things from just basic financial education to cryptocurrency and blockchain, how everything works. And it's uh, just been a fun and exciting journey. And I'm um, hopefully, you know, looking forward to another hundred more years of it or so. <laughs> Few of our listeners and myself have heard of Monarch wallets. So this is one of those things where, we have somebody on to Business Creators Radio, and people look and say, wow, you interviewed that guy? So we're very happy to have you here. And I appreciate you sharing that journey with me. And, you know, what I heard through that is we discover that everybody has a humanity to them, and everybody's kind of a mixed bag. I have personally dealt with clients who deal with manic depression and other sorts of those types of behavioral issues um, and challenges that they're working to overcome. We did an episode on this show a few years ago with a gentleman who specializes in helping entrepreneurs who have ADHD. And he himself has a very extreme case of ADHD. And it was one of our more memorable interviews because these are the types of things that people like to know. They like to understand how to relate to people on that the other person's own playing field so they can best create the synergies that they need to move forward. Yeah. Well said. So I know we're going to be jumping around here a little bit and you had gave me a few interesting questions for me to ask you. So I'm going to sort of follow this, even though it almost sounds like a job interview, because I think we're going to get some interesting insights in this. So the first one is if you could go back to 20 years ago and give yourself specific knowledge or advice, what would it be and why? 20 years ago. Yeah. I haven't read any of these questions, so this will be fun for, for us both. Oh yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, see, I was still with my, you know, I was with my wife 20 years ago. So 
I wouldn't uh, give myself any advice on that. I think I got lucky or it was all, you know, all God you know, basically, you know, lining everything out for us. I'd probably say something along the lines of go all in on Google or go on, go all in on Facebook or, you know, spend more time with a few other people that um, unfortunately aren't here with me anymore. But um, yeah, something along those lines, you know, who wouldn't want to, you know, take a million dollars and turn it into a billion dollars. Right. So yeah. <laughs> those would be a couple of things that would be fun. Right. Right. I think so. I think that's the case. And <laughs> I know it seems like we're kind of going through this together. All right. Uh, what are your favorite hobbies? So I love to spend time with family and friends and, and um, I like to build things. So it's, it's a lot of fun for me to create new businesses or create products or services that, that add, add value to the world, especially with family and friends uh, while traveling the world. So we definitely like to get out, like to see the world, uh, like to solve problems. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, love, I love growing businesses. I know it sounds crazy. It's like, how is that a hobby? That's work. Well, I've never really looked at work or especially in business as work. I've just kind of looked at it as something that I love to do. I know it sounds a little, a little cliche. You've heard people say, you know, love what you do, do yeah. what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, it's uh -huh. an old quote, old quote, old adage, but you know, it really rings true with me because I'll work 20 hours a day, but I love what I do. So it's not really work. And that's one of my biggest hobbies. But one thing I did learn is it's way more cool if you're able to uh, bring family and friends along with your hobbies or work or whatever you want to call it and do it all together. So that way you're, you're all doing something together and, and bringing value to the world. It's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And in a few moments, we're going to get into some, some currency-related things here. But let's follow what you, uh, your agent asked us to ask you. I, I know we get to see a little bit of behind the scenes of how these episodes come together. Uh, what do you want to be five years from now? Hmm. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I, I, again, I've, I've never seen these questions, so I find that it's <laughs> – yeah. hey, it's interesting. I love it. Um, definitely new questions. I haven't been asked this before, so in interesting stuff. They maybe have it out for me, I think. So they're trying to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trip me up, huh? So, yeah. Love it. Uh, so five years from now, well, my youngest son just got married over the weekend. So Congratulations. I imagine, yeah, I'd imagine I'll be a grandpa by then, probably with about 50, 50 grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'd like to see that um, I've created at least, you know, at least a billion dollars of value in, in the next five years. That's always been a goal of mine. And um, I'd love to see that through and accomplish that. So I would say within five years, create a billion dollars of value, whether it's through our companies or, or different endeavors. But um, yeah, wow, of course, um, having family and friends along for the ride. Yeah, uh, this, I am wondering if this is a little bit of a, an episode of Punked and I'm looking for the camera up in the sky or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> but I, think we, uh, I think we had a little bit of fun with this. And you know, I've been on many shows myself in addition to being the host of Business Creators Radio. And one of the most memorable interviews I ever did was on a show called Project Egg, hosted by my friend Ben Gothard. And I thought it was going to be a standard business interview. And one of the first questions he asked me is, when I think of my childhood, what smell comes to mind? <laughs> well, if you're asking me that. I'm I not asking you. But if you want to tell us, that's fine. Uh, and and, uh, and the way I explained it is, just spoiler alert, is I said uh, it reminded me of grass because I love the smell of freshly cut grass. It reminded me when I had a grass cutting business. It reminded me that when I was a kid and we had a lot of land and 
I used to mow almost an acre of grass every week using a push mower. That was my zen. Yeah, that definitely comes to mind for sure. But for some reason, I'm, I'm coming back with like wet dog. <laughs> wet dog. That's interesting. Well, my parents did have a Shih Tzu named Chang, and uh, he used to roll around in puddles a lot. So maybe there was some of that too. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's get into uh, some of the business aspect of what we have to speak about today. And this has to do with some of the work you do in things like blockchain and cryptocurrency and things like that. We get people who ask us to do stuff on blockchain and cryptocurrency because they're trying to understand how it applies to them and why they should invest in it. They should buy cryptocurrency and do blockchain and things like that. So let's make this sort of an interesting primer that we can easily point people back to anytime anybody asks these questions. And let's start by defining our terms. And first of all, explain to me what blockchain is and how it works. Personally, I have an idea, but this is for our listeners. Gotcha. So I'm not going to go crazy deep and start talking about hashes and nodes and all that type of stuff. Yeah. When, when you start getting into uh, what blockchain is, think of it as, let's, let's talk about Bitcoin since that's what most people know. Yeah. So Bitcoin is essentially the Kleenex of, of tissues, right? It's the, it's the first blockchain that people really have been familiar with. There's been others before it that you know, changed a little bit, and, but Bitcoin's the biggest success case that we have. And it was created by somebody named Satoshi Nakamoto. Could be a guy, could be a girl, could be a group of people, could be the NSA. Nobody knows who it is. But this technology just arrived on our doorstep one day. And uh, that was January 4th, 2009 is when it went live. Um, on um, October 31st or Halloween 2008 is when the, uh, the Satoshi, the white paper came out and basically explained to people what, you know, what was going to be. And so when Bitcoin launched, um, people started getting familiar with the, with the term blockchain. And so think of blockchain, at least in, in the essence of Bitcoin, as all these different computers out there, all running the same code, all confirming the same transactions, all being rewarded for their work. And so these people don't know, need to know each other, but they're recording all the information that happens. And because they're doing that, we can confirm that these transactions are real and valid. And one of the things that it protects against is hacking. So with a traditional system, say you're, you're a bank and you have all your customers' data in this big honeypot of a server at that yeah. location. If somebody hacks that, that one server, they'll have information regarding all their customers. Now, if... For instance, with, with Bitcoin, it has you know, thousands of different nodes or these individual computers all running the code simultaneously. To hack the blockchain for Bitcoin, you would essentially have to hack you know, about 60% of all those computers all simultaneously at the same time, making it extremely difficult to do. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's, that's some of the security right there. Yeah. But one of the things that it's, that it's really known for too is it's immutability meaning you can't change the information that's on the blockchain. So like with a server, you know, if you send some information to your bank, the bank can alter the information, delete the information, lose the information, whatever. But on the blockchain, everything stays up there. It stays transparent. So everybody can see what's going on. Everybody can verify things. They know that what happened today will be there 10 years from now. So it only adds all these cool features that all these big governments are, are now saying, well, Bitcoin bad, blockchain good. So they're all creating their own cryptocurrencies. So if you yeah. look at people like, I don't know, if you look at like the Federal Reserve, they're creating like the Fed coin. You look at Facebook, they've got Libra, which is their cryptocurrency. Yep, I've they, seen it. 
You look at like HSBC Bank, they have their own crypto that they did, I think about $150 billion worth of transactions within their own blockchain. And it saved them a ton of money. You look at people like Alibaba and you look at people like Amazon and you look at IBM and all these different companies all around the world, they're all in blockchain or coming into blockchain. So this is gonna be like the beginning of the internet. When people were debating whether the internet was even, you know, a thing, it was just for, it was just for pornography and for illicit acts and for, you know, criminals and, and that's all it was for. And then people realized, hey, wait a minute, it's actually pretty cool. There's all kinds of stuff you can do with the internet. I mean, think about where we'd be today without the internet. I mean, right now we're doing this interview over the internet. I mean, everything has become, you know, wrapped to the internet and eventually everything is going to be wrapped to blockchain and cryptocurrency from self-driving vehicles to your bank accounts to all types of different things like uh, just verifying transactions like real estate, you know, with imagine things on the blockchain. So now you can have all your real estate records out there, um, personal, or it could be a public blockchain. So that way it's private or, or not private. And you'd be able to tell a thousand years from now, you know, who owns what house and how much they paid for it and who's, who's, the, who's on the title and, and have all that information. Imagine your medical records, you know, so now when you, when you move states or you move to a different country, you need access to your medical records, you'd have all that. There's just countless, um, you know, different approaches that you can use blockchain for. And people just have really discounted it because they're kind of scared of it um, from what people have been saying. You know, it's uh, Bitcoin is just for illicit uh, transactions, which isn't true. It just scares the banks. It scares, you know, a lot of big institutions because they can't control it. Because like I said, there's the Satoshi Nakamoto character is the one that created it. So nobody really controls it. It's just out there for the world. So when you look at blockchain, it has limitless possibilities and people are, they just don't really know how to use it yet. And we honestly don't even know what it's going to be used for in the end. Like what I'm saying right now may just be the tip of the iceberg. It may be the end game. Just having digital currency that you can take with you anywhere in the world just by you know, having it on your phone where you don't need a bank, you don't need a middleman, you don't need somebody to tell you, you know, when you can use your money, how much you can use of it or where you can use it at, just the freedom that it brings. It's amazing for the people, but as you can imagine, it terrifies governments. Yeah, you know, I did hear you say, however, that some of the banks and financial institutions, the traditional financial institutions, and even the Federal Reserve are getting into crypto. Indeed, think about it. So on one hand, they're scared of it, and on the other hand, they're getting into it. What gives with that? So they're scared of things they can't control, and rightfully so. But if they're able to control the cryptocurrency, they're able to control the blockchain, they're able to control every aspect of it, including knowing how much you have in your wallet, where you spent it. If you're a bad actor, they can freeze it or pull it back. It gives them limitless control. So it is the ultimate, you know, it's, it's the ultimate freedom for the people or the ultimate enslavement of the people, depending on how cryptocurrency is used. So these big governments and big banks, they love the idea because it gives them the ultimate printing press. They can create as much as they want right out of thin air. They can know how much you have in your wallet. They can do anything and everything that you can possibly imagine with blockchain and cryptocurrency. Right now, they have paper. They've got paper. That's what they've got. They've got coins. Yeah. Um, they do have digital dollars, right? You know, because your bank account and things like that. I mean, only 10%, I think, if I remember right, of the world's money is actually in paper now. They've gone 90% digital. Yeah. So with cryptocurrency, it's basically just ones and zeros. You know what I mean? It's just a, an electronic 
um, you know, signature. It's basically the, the total freedom for them to create as much of it or, you know, freeze as much of it or take as much of it back or give as much of it away as they want, but it gives them total control and total power over that cryptocurrency. And so they're not scared of their own blockchain. They're scared of blockchains that would compete against theirs. Aha. Uh-huh. Because what I liked about your description of the blockchain, I do appreciate you disambiguating this and bringing it into everyday terms, is the security that comes with it. I think we've seen enough in the news about major hack jobs that have resulted in millions of people's data being basically put out there in the wide open. And if I remember correctly, I can't remember which bank it was or which institution it was, or it might have been an agency, and the server that they were using to hold a lot of this information. I believe the username was something like admin and the password was something like admin as well. So <laughs> uh, you see they're you know, see that's the level of security we sometimes see on things we take for granted and we're supposed to believe are the bedrock of our cybersecurity. And then you tell me that with these blockchains, you can set up a system so that there are thousands of computers involved in protecting your data. And in order to get any data that's actually going to be useful, you have to hack hundreds of computers simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's a whole new layer of security that's never existed before at this level. And when you have like these credit card and you know, credit you know, bureaus being hacked and all of our information being you know, spread to the dark web and being sold and Basically, any, any of our information's out there on the dark web that people can get and create, you know, phony cloned identities of us because there's been so many hacks that aren't even reported. Banks have been hacked. You know, credit card companies have been hacked. Credit reporting companies have been hacked. With blockchain, it is very, very difficult to hack. And so it gives a whole new level of security while a whole new level of transparency um, on public blockchain. So that way you can really see, you know, where the money went, you know, and, and this is good and bad. Like if you're using uh, cryptocurrency for illicit activities, you would use cash. You would never use Bitcoin. You'd be an yeah. idiot to use Bitcoin because it's out there for the whole, whole world to see where a, a suitcase full of cash is very hard to track. But sending Bitcoin, that transaction is out there forever. So it's very, very transparent. And so with, you know, some of these, um, these banks and governmental uh, cryptocurrencies that they intend to distribute, you know, those will be private blockchains, so you can't see that type of stuff. But, you know, if they're running it on all their own servers and things like that, you know, it's still going to be far more secure than what's out there right now. You just have to decide, um, is it good or bad? And then I guess it kind of depends on every government and how they, they use cryptocurrency, whether it ends up becoming good or bad, because it really does give them total control. Imagine China when they launch their cryptocurrency this year, um, what, what that could mean for their citizens over there. Yeah, I could. I could see that. And I appreciate you bringing out that contrary to being this big underworld nefarious type of thing that Bitcoin, for example, is actually set up in such a way, at least I'm hearing, if I'm hearing this correctly, that discourages it being used for fraudulent or bad actions. Yeah. You'd have to be an idiot to use Bitcoin to pay for some kind of illicit activity because all they have to do is figure out what address you own and you're and it's probably out there already. I mean, so many people have been doxxed. You can see what their public Bitcoin cash addresses or their public Bitcoin addresses and, and you can track to see who sent what to where. And there's all these different companies out there now that um, they, they basically, that's what they do. They just 
reveal to the government who owns these addresses. So it's out there for the entire world to see your transactions. And when you're sending large amounts of money or any amount of money, anybody out there can see it. And there's these, these data, um, I guess these data miners out there that um, basically go through and they explain to you know the federal government or whoever else who owns what uh, what wallet address, right? Especially when they're looking into somebody. So this is, it's an incredible you know, technology, the blockchain. Uh, Bitcoin is incredible for the peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, um, the ability to send electronic money. It's a digital cash. You can do it anywhere in the world. But the whole reasoning that they have that it's only used for illicit activities is just nonsense to me because you'd use cash for that all day long. You would never use cryptocurrency because, or at least Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is transparent for the whole world to see. Yeah, I think I follow you pretty good. So in your work, you've created the Monarch Wallet and Monarch Pay. And the way I'm understanding this is I look through those, those websites that you have up for those products. I know you're the co-founder of those two things. And looking back to the conversation we're having right now, that's sort of like merchant accounts for Bitcoin or crypto, I believe. So there's a, there's a couple products here. All right. So with the Monarch wallet, we created this for the people, the people of the world that they can download this wallet for free and they can send store and receive a lot of different cryptocurrencies out there because there's a lot more than just Bitcoin. All right. So it gives them that ability. It also gives them the ability to buy and sell cryptocurrency. It allows them to earn interest on their cryptocurrency. It gives them the ability to, um, you know, control their, their portfolio, to be able to see the market, uh, to read the news on all their favorite different cryptos, all that stuff's for free. I mean, there's a, a transaction fee if you're buying and selling, but that's through the banks. It's not, it's not us. Um, but anyways, we wanted to give that to the people. So no matter where you are in the world, you can truly own your funds. You don't need somebody else telling you what you can do with your money. You can take this wallet, you can download it, and it's decentralized, meaning that we, Monarch, we do not know any of your information. It's completely decentralized. We don't have access to your funds. Only you have access to your funds. So it allows people to be a walking, talking bank anywhere in the world. And um, it gives them total freedom. Then we created Monarch Pay, which is decentralized as well. And decentralized basically just means that it's, it's not being controlled, you know, by one entity, right? By like Monarch, it's decentralized. It's, it's using blockchains out there that that um, no one person controls. And again, we don't have access to any of the user's funds. So it allows merchants, say for instance, you know, you, you have a podcast, right? Yep. And you have a, a $9 a month newsletter. Well, now you can use Monarch Pay, you can create a link. And anybody that, cre anybody that clicks that link is now your customer. And that $9 will come out of their, their wallet and go to your wallet every single month, reoccurring as often as you want. You can turn it off or turn it on whenever you want or whenever your, your customer wants, but it costs less than 1%. There are no chargebacks and um, there's no clawbacks either. Meaning if you're using PayPal, PayPal can charge you a lot of money in transaction fees, which we know. Then they can freeze yeah. your money. They can freeze all your assets. They can basically just lock up your wallet. And you don't have access to your money. You hear about this all the time. Uh -huh. then, then they have chargebacks, just like credit cards do, where, you know, say, for instance, I'm not happy with my, my service that I received from you. I just tell my credit card company, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I get my nine bucks back. I got your product for free and you're, you're out, you know, your, your product and you're out your nine bucks. That's a big problem. So with Monarch Pay, all that stuff is alleviated. 
and you don't have to worry about volatility. So that's one of the big problems with, with cryptocurrency is merchants have a hard time getting into crypto because they're worried about these huge swings. Sometimes it's up 85%, sometimes it's down 85%. And if you got, yeah. you got payroll, you got bills, you got a budget set in the stone, you can't deal with that, uh, with that crazy velocity of all this, um, you know, different swings of the market, right? You need, to, you need to have stability. So we use stable coins and stable tokens. So that way there's no volatility. You don't have to worry about those crazy swings. It's gonna stay equal to a dollar or very close to it. So these merchants can use these stable coins and stable tokens and um, run their business. And this is just another option. They don't have to use this to replace Stripe or Visa or MasterCard or PayPal. It's just something they can add in addition. It takes about 30 seconds to five minutes to set up, just depending on you know what um, how fast you type. It's super simple, and uh, again, it's it's free. There's um, you know, it's the only the only fee there is is on the actual transaction. It's like less than one percent. So, it's it's a great thing, and it's available now. And um, maybe by the time this airs, or maybe a few weeks after, our new version of it uh, will be out, and it's going to be so much better, uh, so much easier to use, very much like a just a regular PayPal experience, just just better, um, and it's going to remove all the clunkiness of blockchain. So you won't have to understand basically how um, any of the cryptocurrency stuff works. It's going to just you know do all that for you. And that should be in the next few weeks. Okay. So basically what you are doing is you are taking this mystical, mysterious thing around Bitcoin, excuse me, Bitcoin and blockchain and crypto and all these other things. And to put it in one sentence, you're making it sort of like a PayPal for crypto sort of, I mean, that's what I got out of what you were saying in, in one sentence. And what I mean by like a PayPal for crypto is it's that level of simplicity and ease of use. 100%. Because for whatever we say where we love or hate PayPal, what we can agree on is their interface is extremely easy to work with. 100%. That's, yeah. that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to make something very complicated stupid simple so that way whether it's a, a two-year-old or if it's granny and they they need to know how to use the platform they'll be able to intuitively figure it out without having to have you know some kind of degree or watching youtube video or anything like that they'll just a couple clicks and it's done you know if you're a merchant you just fill out a couple fields with your product description or just like you would any type of merchant experience and then you click a button and it creates a link very simple stuff so we're, we're trying to make this as simple as possible for anybody in the world to use. That way they don't have to understand how blockchain works, how crypto works. It just works. They're able to use it just like a, a centralized experience like you would on Facebook or PayPal and basically just, just dumbing it down and making it stupid simple for anybody to use. Yeah. And my next question was going to be, what are some of the reasons that we're seeing are still holding back businesses, uh, business creators from adopting the ability to exchange cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and such for their transactions. And you have sort of answered that for us in a way that I think is very simple and also very useful. So again, what I really appreciate our conversation here is how you're disambiguating some of this for us and making it easy for the layperson who doesn't know everything about some of the technical terminology around it to understand conceptually how they can make it fit in their, in their own business. So do you see that, I know that you, your organizations are making their contributions to this as we just discussed, 
what do you see are the trends in terms of this becoming more widely adopted and whether it's something we've already covered or something we haven't covered yet, what do you think is the biggest inhibitor from this being an even bigger percentage of how businesses exchange currency in exchange for products, services, solutions, et cetera? Gotcha. All right. So there's a lot there. I'll just try to <laughs> take apart. I'll take it apart one at a time. So yeah. Um, one of the reasons why it's not being used by business is it's still very new. I understand Bitcoin's been around 10 years or so, but the, the idea of using it in commerce is still very new to a lot of people. And it's still, there's kind of the stigma around it that it's just used for illicit, you know, drugs and sex and all kinds of crazy, you know, horrible things, right? You know, the nefarious people are the ones who use Bitcoin. Well, there's a lot of things out there other than Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, like I said, would be a, a really stupid cryptocurrency to use for any kind of nefarious activity. Yeah. Now, if, now if people were using, especially merchants, like stable coins, if they really start looking into it a little bit, they'll realize how incredible this is. They can usually send, you know, like these stable coins and stable tokens within a couple seconds. Now, if you're a bank or you're a person that's trying to send money using a bank, a wire, any of that type of stuff, it can take days, sometimes weeks, has really large fees. With crypto, it bypasses all of that. So they can basically send a trillion dollars if they wanted for like four cents. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's super low fees. Now, the reason why this isn't happening is there's just not enough people out there that are really educated on how this all works. You know, there's still, it's still new. And as people, especially like when China, when China releases their own cryptocurrency and Alibaba is using it and they force their citizens to use it, and most of the Asians around the world are using it, it's going to become pretty clear overnight that, uh, yeah, this stuff is here to stay and we better learn a lot more quicker. So that's what we're doing at Monarch because we're making things you know, really you know, stupid, simple for people to understand. And with businesses, as they start to understand how easy this stuff really is to use, they'll start using it. The problem right now, though, is they're used to getting paid in dollars. And so when they get into crypto, their, their immediate thought is, well, I need to get this crypto back into dollars. And so th that's not the idea behind crypto. The idea behind crypto is to be paid in crypto and to spend your crypto and to save your crypto, just like yeah. you would call it. So even like when the Federal Reserve or whatever, you know, uh, releases the Fed coin, you're not going to want to take that Fed coin and then go put it back into paper fiat money. You're going to keep that Fed coin and you're going to use it at Walmart. You're going to use it, you know, with your, you know, your retirement accounts, whatever. That's, that's the idea behind crypto because when these merchants, they need to get beyond the idea of converting it back into paper because what that does is it creates a lot of unnecessary fees as transaction fees of swip, swapping between currencies. When if they just use stable coins and stable tokens, it would save them an immense amount of money. They'd never have to worry about, you know, things like chargebacks. You know, they wouldn't have to worry about um, high fees and sending, and sending uh, payments. Um, they'd be able to see everything that they're doing. So there's this little bit of education process that has to happen with businesses. And so that's one of the reasons why I wrote, you know, the Bitcoin and blockchain booklet. Um, I give away a bunch of them for free on, on Mondays on our, on our YouTube channel. And it's like on Amazon for like 99 cents. But it, it helps kind of break this stuff down in simple words, um, you know, kind of like, like I'm talking to a second grader of sorts. So that way they understand this really isn't that scary. This really isn't that difficult. And as more people start to learn this and start to use this, you'll see more and more businesses uh, start using it and accepting it. And we've seen this some um, all over Australia and different places uh, throughout the U.S. as well. Uh, but one of the biggest things that cryptocurrency is currently used for is, is basically speculation. 
people, when you look at a cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency is basically a stock. You know, that's basically what these cryptocurrencies are. They're like stocks. And so people aren't using them because it would be similar to like taking your Apple stock and using it for Starbucks. That doesn't make sense, but you'll use dollars, right? You wouldn't use a, you wouldn't use your Apple stock because you, you wouldn't want to lose or potentially lose those, those mad gains that you're hoping that you're going to get one day from Apple skyrocketing, right? So that's one of the reasons why people don't use crypto is because they're holding on to that cryptocurrency, expecting it to be worth more in the future. Whereas if they shift their, their train of thought and they're like, okay, I have this cryptocurrency over here, let's call it Bitcoin. And then I have, you know, this TUSD over here, which is a stable coin. The stable coin I can use to buy coffee because I don't worry about it being worth more in the future. And so those are some of the, the, the issues that we have currently with, with blockchain. So it can be summed up as far as education. People are only buying it to speculate and selling it uh, for their gains. And people don't fully understand how stable coins and stable tokens work yet. Yeah, I can see that point too. And I can tell you that many of our listeners, as soon as you say the word chargeback, I could get into, I could get 20 of our listeners together and every single one of us is going to have at least one horror story when it comes to chargebacks. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you mine right now. I have, I've been a merchant myself. I have two merchant accounts for my business, uh, both of which have been active for over 15 years and both of which I have an almost perfect no chargeback record. So let me tell you what happened here is, uh, I had a case where I was in a joint venture partnership with somebody and a client that they were handling was not getting the satisfaction that they were expecting. So that client issued a chargeback. Now, because their card had been processed to a merchant account under my name, that of course, uh, that of course, you know, went on my record. Now I fought it and actually had it reversed. And then I find out that this same client then said, oh, you're going to have my chargeback reversed? Well, I'll just charge back on you again. And then the second time around, American Express just decided to find in favor of the customer before their stated time for me to respond to it had even elapsed. So I screamed bloody murder and made them send me a letter acknowledging their mistake and that, no, I had no chargebacks on my record. Now, the other case was another client, uh, this was about a year later, and they charged back on me by mistake. I thought it was weird because we had just sent our deliverable to them. They'd gotten back to us and they told us how they loved it. They'd asked us a few questions, we'd answered them. They said, good job, we really appreciate it. Next day we get notified they're charging back on us. You wanna know what happened? When they went into their credit card control panel online, they intended the charge back on the transaction that was immediately before ours in their history and checked the wrong box. Yeah, that can't <laughs> happen in blockchain. That can't happen in crypto. Not right, right, right. So even though, even though the way I got that second one was, was resolved was to actually have the client send me a letter, which I forwarded to the merchant that said, oh, this was an absolute mistake. We love Adam's work. Please give him his money back. It's still the fact we had to go through all that over, over a typo. It's pretty awful, isn't it? Yeah. So now, so now imagine you have actual, and you made allusions to this early on, actual vexatious clients who 
give you money using an electronic means knowing full well they plan to claim they were dissatisfied and charge back on you so they can make off with your digital goods or get the service that they paid for and then basically stick their tongue out at you getting the service and the money. No, you're absolutely right. That's um, that happens all the time, especially yeah. with um, you know with people purchasing cryptocurrency. This is this yeah. is one of the, this is one of the, the problems, right? So, say you um, use your Mastercard at Coinbase, and you buy a hundred dollars with the Bitcoin. Then you call your credit card company, and say, "Oh, hey, it wasn't me. They got the um, you know Coinbase is out there a hundred bucks of, of Bitcoin, and uh, the guy's you know basically you know, sticking his tongue out, giving him a middle finger, and keeping it." You can't do that in crypto. You, you can't. It's it's impossible with uh, with Monarch Pay to have chargebacks. Everything is completely going forward. There's nothing going backwards. So, um, you rest assured with with your merchant accounts. If you're using Monarch, you would never have to worry about high fees exceeding like one percent. Nor would you ever have to worry about uh, chargebacks. Nor would you ever have to worry about somebody locking you out of your account or freezing your funds. Yeah, that's incredible. Is there any uh, is there any consumer protection there though? Because I can see the other side of chargebacks. Occasionally, you have to do it because it's the only way you can get through to somebody who's basically taking your money and run. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things with blockchain, right? Um, there's, I guess it's just like uh, it's just like um, anything out there in the market. Um, I know this isn't what you're going to want to hear, but it's it's like how you would grade uh, a business, for instance, a seller on eBay or you know maybe a seller on Amazon. You know, they're only going to be able to do business if they have, you know, popular reviews, if they're taking care of their customers, just like a business. If you're running a business and you're screwing your customers over, it's going to be really tough to stay in business. And yeah. um, we, we think that the market can regulate itself. People are smart enough to, to know that they're, you know, not going to have a sustainable business by ripping people off. But, you know, you can also use things called a smart contract. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds here. But right. So if, if you just use Bitcoin and you pay for a goods or services, something like that on, on a small transaction and they run off with your money and they don't give you the product, you did, you know, the, uh, the good old, I trust you, you know, with the handshake deal and they run off your money, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. However, on a larger transaction, say a house or a car or, you know, something, something of value, you can use smart contracts, which basically means that um, you wouldn't receive the product or service until you receive whatever is supposed to be sent to you. So if it's currency, like say you're supposed to get $10,000 from me, well, the $10,000 is held in an escrow account. This is all being done through software. This is not, uh-huh. not a person. So you don't have to worry about that person in the middle screwing you out of fees either. So your money would be held in, in an escrow account, essentially, a smart contract. And then after you verify that the goods or services are real on the other end and you've received them, the smart contract will release the funds. If the other person isn't um, you know, being um, above board and he's trying to screw you over, she's trying to screw you over, you can withdraw your money. So, and you know, it's, 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 um, either person can do this. So if they're not happy, yeah. they're not happy. Basically the goods and services go back to the person that originally had them and the money goes back to the original person that had it. So that exists now through smart contracts for larger price items for smaller items and things like that. You know, if you're, if you're using this stuff like on Amazon or like purse.io, like purse.io is a, a website that if you use your cryptocurrency there, you can save up to 35% of your money on Amazon, which is yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, and that right there is, 
you know, testament to, to crypto right there. Just by using cryptocurrency, you're going to save 35% off your invoice from Amazon, right? So there's places like that that you could be using crypto if you don't want to, you know, deal with somebody you don't know. Um, and on larger transactions, you just use smart contracts. And that way, you know, you can rest, rest easy knowing that, hey, if worse comes to worse and the guy's trying to scam me, at least I get my money back, right? So yep. that stuff does exist. Yeah, yeah, I like a lot of what you described, especially the idea that you have the escrow system there. Because for people who are receiving the money, you're ultimately due to receive the money, I believe it'll give them a certain peace of mind knowing they can look somewhere and say, hey, this money has been allocated to me. I mean, I got to deliver my goods or my services before I get the money, but I can see it's right there. So it makes it that much more difficult for the purchaser to promise to pay even though they never had any intention of doing so to begin with exactly and at the same at the same time it gives the uh it gives the purchaser who may be asked to put ten thousand dollars up to say well i don't want them to just take my ten thousand dollars and use it to make their house payment and then i never hear from them and i got to fight with them to get my money back so yes i'm going to show them i have ten thousand dollars for them and i'm going to put it in this place where we can both look at so you can see look there's your money sooner i get my stuff sooner you get your money we're all about board i can see that working out yeah, no, it's, it's a beautiful system. And the thing is, is you don't need anybody in the middle. You don't need a banker. You don't need an attorney. You don't need anybody like that. You don't need an escrow agent. Simply, it's just code. Just like Google. People think, you know, Google's this crazy, huge business with all this crazy stuff. And yeah, they are. But think about what they really are. They're just a few lines of code. That's all. Pretty much. And, you know, then, and then how they make money. Well, there are a few lines of code. They ended up monetizing by selling ad space. So it's like, you know, this here is just a few lines of code. I'm making it sound very simple. Obviously, it's more than a few, but you get the idea. It's just code, and it can do all this stuff without the need of, of human intervention. It's, it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's great. I mean, I've been in this, in the online space long enough to remember uh, web hosting companies going down for a week at a time because the fire extinguishers got tripped in the server room. <laughs> and and it cut and it cut off the connection between the primary servers and the backup servers on the other side of the country so they couldn't even access or send over redundant data because that fire extinguisher cut the cord for lack of a better word so what i like about blockchain is that in various applications it's allowing for a way around some of those issues at the same time creates a greater sense of security. Now, one question, and we are coming near the end of our time here, and I really appreciate the great amount of information you shared. I know this has been a very, very interesting journey with us today is when people who are business creators ask about Bitcoin, crypto, things like that, and then we hear about the government having concerns about controlling it, what does that have, like, how does taxation pay into that? And how do people represent that on their taxes? Because it's not the same as Federal Reserve notes. No, 100%. So that's, that's another key thing that I'm kind of left out too, is why people aren't really in this, especially businesses. Uh, another reason is, is regulation. They're, they're not yeah. sure uh, where regulation is going to fall as well as, um, you know, taxes. So we're supposed to be getting more clarity on how taxes work. 
But essentially, with even using Monarch, every single transaction you do, is there's going to be a record, a log that you'll be able to download and import into like QuickBooks or give to your accountant. So you can see every one of your transactions. Now, if you're using stable coins and stable tokens, well, there's not a taxable event because you're using, it's just like using dollars, right? So there's, there definitely needs to be more regulation and more clarity on the taxation side of things. Um, and that, that is coming. And for people that are doing a lot of trading, it's become a big issue for them, obviously, because they just like if you're trading stocks, right? That's essentially what a cryptocurrency is. It's just a digital stock for a company. Yeah. And so when you're a trader and you're making all these trades, you know, maybe thousands a day or maybe, you know, maybe one a day or maybe one a month, whatever, whatever you bought it for, if it's worth more at the time you sold it, you know, there's a taxable event, right? And if you're doing this hundreds or thousands of times a day, you need to make sure you keep track of that and get that to your accountant. And depending on what state you're in, depends on how it's going to be taxed. And again, we're still waiting for, you know, some of the, the more transparency, I guess, in the taxations and, and regulation. But right now, for the most part, rule of thumb is you just handle it like stocks. So you got capital gains and things like that. And if you bought it for, for X and you sold it for Z and you made a profit, well, you're paying taxes on that. Yeah. Okay, great. Because uh, again, I think that's also a fear that some people have is they may end up getting audited or attracts undue government attention because they're not using the money the government wants you to use. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, fear plays a role in that as well, but think about it. Most of the crypto that you're going to be buying, you're going to have to buy through an exchange. And most of those exchanges are regulated and they're reporting your information back to the, the tax man. So for instance, if you're using like Coinbase and you're buying cryptocurrency, well, Coinbase knows who you are, you KYC'd. And at the end of the year, you're probably going to get some type of tax document from them. And they're also going to submit that to probably the IRS as well. And as long as you just download your, your reports of, you know, what you paid for it and what you sold it for, and you give that to your accountant and you report it correctly, you got nothing to worry about. You know, it's the people that, that are trying to use uh, cryptocurrency to hide their gains, to um, get away from paying taxes. Those are the people that need to worry about stuff. As long as yeah. you use, you know, like Monarch, if you use Monarch for your trades, just download all your transactions. It, it'll, you can put it right there into a CSV and you can send it right there to your, your accountant and he can do all the reporting for you. So that way you don't have to worry about it. It's just one less thing to worry about. Okay. Yeah, that makes a that makes a lot of sense. I really, um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to disambiguate all this stuff. So, one final question is, um, I guess, for those who really don't know much about how Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain, and all that work, how can they get more information? And I, I believe that the initial answer that question may be, well, contact you. And that makes a lot of sense. So when somebody reaches out to you, how, what is their experience going to look like and how can you help guide them down this journey? Yes. I mean, I'm not personally going to hold their hand and, you know, and, and train them or anything like that. But if they go to cryptobeetles.com, there's links there to all my different socials. And for instance, like our YouTube channel has five or 600 videos there that could walk them through pretty much anything that they want to know about any project or how anything works. From yeah. basic, you know, market economies to blockchain to tons of different things, all the different projects and some of the most prominent, you know, people in crypto, they've been on the on the show. So there's all that there that's totally free that they can use. Um, there's 
on Mondays, we do a live stream on, on YouTube. So it's Crypto Beatles uh, right there on YouTube. And people ask me questions and, and I'm able to um, explain, you know, to them, you know, my thoughts on it or, or give them, you know, the answers that they're looking for. And we also give away uh, free cryptocurrency every Monday. So it ranges. Wow. In- Sometimes I give away, you know, every week I do this, but it ranges between like $800 to $2,000 a week that we give away in cryptocurrency just to get people into crypto, to get them familiar with how it works. You know, God's been great to us. So we're able to give back and get people into crypto and again, no strings attached. And then um, what else do we got? We've got uh, a book, uh, the Bitcoin and um, blockchain booklet. It's on Amazon. It's like 99 cents, but we also give away a bunch of those on Mondays as well. So for anybody that wants to learn more about blockchain or crypto, the Bitcoin and blockchain booklet, you know, that'll help them out. Like I said, I give them away free on Mondays or they can spend 99 cents on Amazon and get it if they can't wait. And uh, there's a lot of resources in there that they can, that they can use. Um, in, in addition, you know, there's the YouTube channel there that, uh, like I said, just has, you know, five, 600 videos, probably covering anything that they want to know about blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I've had a chance to check out the Crypto Beatles website, and there's a lot of great information there. Everything you described, plus I noticed you have a a real-time, I don't know if you call it a ticker or a chart or whatever it is, that shows in real-time the prices of various types of Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. Yeah, so people that want to keep up to date on all the prices, the market cap, all the volumes, basically, you know, just they want to keep track of cryptocurrency. That is also available for free right there on the website too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I'm speaking with you right now, I'm actually on the website and I'm looking at all the little red flashes in the price column as a change in real time. I think I've seen about 10 of those flashes in the past minute. <laughs> so you have a pretty yeah. good resource. And if I were somebody who was interested in this topic, I would, sir, I agree that the best thing to do would be to go to cryptobeetles.com. And I'm going to spell that for our listeners. It's C R Y P T O B E A D L E S.com. So crypto and then Robert's last name, Beatles, cryptobeetles.com. Check that website out. It's got a lot of great information. I've been on it myself. I think that uh, you know you got a blog, you got a podcast, you got the real time currency, you got the opportunity to win crypto. There's so many things going on over there that even if you're at a point where you're just looking to become more interested, looking to lean into the issue just a little bit, and begin your decision process toward whether this is the right thing for your business. Robert Beatles has put together one hell of a resource for you and get over there and take it. It's awesome, man. (laughs) So I just wanted to share that. Now, this episode, this time we had together is going to be one of those ones that I'm probably going to tell stories about for a long time, because honestly, I thought I was going to be interviewing you uh, to get life lessons from a book. And it turned out that we gave our listeners an actual practical guide to how to use Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain, and what these mean to the business creator. So I want to thank you so much for attending this episode of Punked. I think it was great. And and I'm just kidding. And uh, I uh, want to seriously say that I'm honored and it's been quite an education for me. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Adam. It's been uh, my honor and privilege. And, you know, God bless everybody out there. Love you all and look forward to, to meeting some of you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Go check out uh, CryptoBeatles.com, everybody. So for everybody who's listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. We trust you've enjoyed today's episode. Please visit our website at www.BusinessCreatorsRadioShow.com, where we provide more tips, tools, and strategies covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get these content and these episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. Awesome. And I'm stopping.